0: It meant that we finished our session at 2 and then had to leg it to the airport to fly out to Munich on day 2, or for day 2, arrived in Germany at 11, got to the hotel by midnight, up again at half 6 to start a session at 8, and then as soon as we finished the session we flew back to Glasgow. So... It's impressive. I mean, Greta Thunberg would not be a big fan of me right now.
1: No, she doesn't much like that, and I think we all really shouldn't
0: like that. Well, no, well, that's the thing. Like, I, I... It's a difficult one because our training works best in person. Like uh, This was exemplified to me this week. Oh, yeah. Because that remote training was just a a pale imitation of what we really do. Because so
1: much of it is about building rapport. Oh, yeah. No, our current economy in general is based around a bunch of things that aren't sustainable. So it's like, I'm not blaming you. I don't blame people who... Who, t- who partake
0: of the economy. I'm blaming the people who guide the economy to be what it is. It's But it's also a, a question of, well, we're, we're going to have to adapt, hence why we're having this meeting, because ultimately the way the world is going, it is on fire and we need to stop. We need to stop, so, we need to
1: stop using planes. We need to stop using big boats. Uh, everyone should be on sailboats, is what
0: I've learned. Or walking. I mean, technically you could cycle to Germany. I mean, we could. We, we did look at how long it would take to drive and then decided no. No, that's a long one. <laughs> Mostly
1: the long, the long side of it, this stuff is just getting out of the UK. Oh, absolutely. It takes a long time to get out of the UK. And James, how are you? What's What's been happening? Great. I'm, I'm exactly the same as I was last week. It feels like not even a day has passed since I last <laughs> put these recording headphones on. and it has my recording gone past microphone quickly. On.
0: A lot has changed in that time, though. Even to the extent that, for the first time ever... A client of mine, I was just telling you before we started, has offered to pay me before I've even done the work. Payment in advance. This is it's crazy. This has never happened to me ever.
1: Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, if, if if anybody wasn't convinced that the world is coming to a dramatic end, here's the final piece of evidence:
0: <laughs> a client who paid me in advance. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the thing is, if I was some crooked soul, then I would just leg it with the leg money it. and block him on everything. Yeah. You gotta, but because uh, I have a reputation to uphold, it is a weird
1: world we live in. When you hear about getting paid in advance, it puts up your red flags, and you're like, "How are they going to scam well, me?"
0: Well, this is the thing. As soon as he said it, I said, uh, "Are you sure?"
1: Yeah. Like how how do they how do they make this a win for them? Exactly.
0: <laughs> I'm thinking, why 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 are you doing this? No one ever does this. Usually, I'm chasing you, I'm hounding you for months afterwards, asking where my money is. To the extent, by the way, my Norwegian man, who I started work with in July, uh, I am no longer working my for Norwegian him man. because he still owes me money from September.
1: It's a pretty long time. It's, <laughs> I think you drop a client. You drop a client at that point for sure. If oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah he's, there, long, he's long gone. Yeah, if anybody out there is working for someone that hasn't paid them in almost half a year, <laughs> you drop that client. That's some Seesaw advice for you right there. <laughs> this is the advice podcast brought to you by Seesaw Parade.
0: The podcast that happens, and now the podcast that doles out advice for yeah, freelancers. We should start
1: an advice podcast on this side. Do you charge VAT? No, I'm not. I'm not rich enough to do VAT yet.
0: Yeah, I was going to say it's it's
1: uh, 85 grand threshold. i have got to earn a g- fair bit as an individual to be VAT worthy. I'm not quite at that level yet. Yeah. So sorry, everybody out there who thought it was a rich boy, I'm letting you down. <laughs>
0: Please operate episode one nine three, closing in on the big two hundred. I'm Colin, and he is James.
1: Yeah, drinking a cup of tea, so that might confuse you a wee bit.
0: I'm staying away from the alcohol this time. I've got some water, but I am playing football later, so you know. I was thinking, would the affect my performance? Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Would it impact it more positively? I don't know, but yeah, uh, you, might, you might be more concentrated. <laughs> yeah. So I've, I've, I've just got the water today. But thank you, everybody, for joining us. Whatever beverage you are imbibing at this point in time, you're very yeah. welcome. Thank you for listening very much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, you can get in touch with the show. Thank you for everybody who did. We did. They? No one did they? No, they that's didn't. all right no. then. Of course, they didn't. I didn't get any. Google security alert. Google security alert got in touch.
1: Thank you, Google. Thank you, Google, for protecting us. And
0: one of our SoundCloud bots got in touch as well, saying, yeah. "Hey, my name's Tracy. Do you want to like my page?" Hi, hi, Tracy. And I said, <laughs> "Hey, Tracy. Hey, Tracy. Thanks for getting in touch. Hope you enjoy the show." No. <laughs> We'll talk uh, Oscars. We've got another. It's been a quieter week. You know what?
1: You know what we should do in our spin-off podcast adventures is we should do a podcast that is just about how like really bad ways to market a podcast. Is it just going to be cease operate? <laughs> I think well, kind of. But I think that one of those episodes is dedicated to replying to the SoundCloud spam bots
0: and seeing what happens. Yeah, well, I mean, that's one thing I've always considered. Is actually. Who is replying to these people and saying, oh, someone called Tracy has just followed my SoundCloud page. I must reply. Yeah, I gotta wonder. This, like, this
1: is the start of a budding relationship. I, I want to find out what is going on with those bots. It seems like the weirdest place to try this, this scam.
0: Should we do that then? Let, let, let's try that. We don't need to start let's a spin-off. We can Seesaw just do Seesaw it. Investigations. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Seesaw Investigates. Yeah. Bad Marketing by Seesaw Parade. Exactly.
1: And then we mm-hmm. can have like other investigations into other things.
0: Like shady goings on in Downing Street. Ones I do. Well, I mean, yeah, that's also called cease operate. One <laughs> um, area I am always interested in is actually the spam emails that you get directly to you, oh, particularly, yeah, are, the, yeah. particularly the ones that say, "Hey, Colin Murdo, your password is," and it puts in my password from seven years ago, and it says, "I have a control of your computer." And as soon as you see this message, I have read it too. And therefore, you must send me Bitcoin within 72 hours. Send Otherwise, two. I'm going to put on a, a video of you watching some teenage girls. And I'm like, right. <gasps> well, clearly, you do not have access to my laptop because... <laughs> <laughs> no, I've been watching the BBC News channel. That's what oh, I've been watching. Oh man, and they never have teenage girls on. <laughs> <aren't they? laughs> no, they don't. No, they do not, James. And but obviously I've never replied to them. I always see them. Let's do. I think that's really interesting. You've clearly found my address from I believe it was a oh I think it was My Fitness Pal, which was hacked and all the username and logs logins were Oh yeah. That was one of the put big on, hacks. Put online. And I had an account there years ago and, of course, now they suspect that that's my email address, which um, email address, password, which it isn't. No. But I've always wondered, what if I do reply to these people and have a conversation? Yeah.
1: Do, do you reckon we find out that they're real humans and aren't really the bad guy? Well, maybe they are the bad guy, even if they are real humans, just to
0: throw that out there. Well, just, just to give you a teaser, James, talking about bad people. Uh, I finished a book this week, which I will be reviewing later, as well as Ooh. Oscar winner Parasite. Oh, gosh. Yes, I will review that later. Uh, but first, James, let's talk about actual things that are happening. Things that are happening as we speak the UK Ongoing government's news. cabinet absolutely ongoing news this is what happens he saw parade breaking stories (laughs) to Uh, you a day late but for (laughs) us it's ongoing i know some people actually listen to these uh, episodes by the way on like a certain time and day uh yeah some of which is you know maybe a sunday afternoon yeah have fun with this one okay so this is a little bit out of date for you guys however let's let's plow on sajid javid has quit As (laughs) as <laughs> Chancellor of the UK government. This is yeah, in the middle yeah, yeah. of <laughs> Boris Johnson's cabinet reshuffle. Uh-huh. Now, yeah. what's being said is that Mr. Javid had rejected the Prime Minister's order to fire his team yeah, his uh, of aides so he could replace them with his own number 10 yeah. team of aides.
1: So the, the Prime Minister is wanting to consolidate all of the cabinet's aides to one group. Yeah, exactly. So all the people will have the same advisors and it will streamline the process and it definitely will not just be like, we all are adhering to seven
0: people's views on everything yeah exactly so he has uh, said that no self-respecting minister could accept such a condition and mr javid has walked and he's been replaced as chancellor by the chief secretary to the treasury rishi sunak who seven months ago was a junior housing minister
1: yeah yeah but you know now is the time to leave before the Brexit fallout happens. So Javid, Javid's getting all the points for playing this politically. Well done, lad. Okay, so the reaction has been, apparently, shock. <gasps> I'm surprised. I'll give you that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, well, he's never actually delivered a budget, right? That's hilarious. <laughs> yes, that is there true. There can't be
0: that many chancellors who don't do the budget thing. He was appointed after uh, Boris became prime minister in July. And his resignation is rumoured to be after a falling out or tensions between Mr. Javid and Dominic Cummings, who is the senior advisor or the most senior advisor to the PM. And uh, yeah, another, just to, before I ask your opinion, another reshuffles. Um, There is a number of big names who are out, including Andrea Ledsom and Esther McVeigh. They're Mm -hmm. both out of government Mm -hmm. and uh, a few others have been asked to resign, including the the Attorney General.
1: Yeah, and the... Dude for Northern Ireland
0: That's his official title Yeah And also the former Brexit sec- secretary is uh, moved somewhere else That's Stephen Barclay uh, James Just give me a, a, An indication I know this is the Inner circle of the government But having your chancellor resign Is a pretty bad look
1: Pretty bad look Most of the other parties Are jumping on it Because it is a pretty bad look uh, I reckon That all of these resignations And all the reshuffling Is genuinely just They got everybody in a room With Dominic Cummings In the middle and they asked them all to swear fealty to Dominic Cummings. And anyone who wasn't willing to bow down and like kiss his little toes uh, got sh- got shuffled, slash got asked to leave. Because we know that the real PM is Dominic himself. He doesn't seem to be holding all the cards. So Boris kissed his toes and got to stay PM. And then
0: everybody else kissed
1: his toes and got to stay in their positions. And that's
0: just how it went. It seems to be, a, it's a pure, peculiar position when... You're right. Dominic Cummings does seem to have an awful lot of power. He has. Yeah. It was instrumental in the Brexit campaign. I mean, the number ten aides are his people, right? I would imagine so. Not they're not Boris's people. They're they're Dominic's people.
1: Yeah. They're, they're, like again, a wee bit of speculation there, but it just all of the people that have left and or been fired do have that kind of arrogance about them that makes me think they wouldn't kiss someone's toes. And everybody that has kissed toes or that I would think would kiss toes <laughs> are the ones that have stayed. So I'm reckoning everybody who like was semi-competent and got a wee bit arrogant about it has been fired, not because they were competent, which I'm sure wasn't an appealing thing, uh-huh. um, but because they refused to bow down.
0: Who knew you'd mention the words or the phrase kiss toes so, so many, many times, times in a, So a, many times.
1: But genuinely, like, this is it, right? We've got a bunch of people. So that's because the this this the I can't remember his name. What was the? Yeah, Julian Smith. Yeah, Julian Smith. Yeah. So he's the secretary for Northern Ireland. He's been he's been asked to, to leave. He's been replaced. Su- yeah, after successfully renegotiating to open up the Parliament, in Northern Ireland, right? And he's out. He's not like I don't like him. I don't think he's a good guy, but he's clearly competent, and he's out, which suggests that the most important thing. Isn't people's ability to do their job, but rather something else, which yeah. I'm saying is their ability to kiss
0: Dominic's toes. Okay especially the little ones. Just just before we move on, a brief note about Derek Mackay. that is still ongoing. Uh, police are currently or have been speaking to the teenager at the center of the scandal. My question was going to be to James, why hasn't he resigned yet? Oh. But then I forget that MSPs earn 60,000 pounds a year or so? Money. And so I imagine because he will have nothing else to go to because his career is over. He'll just be taking that salary, take, and it, take it until he gets replaced. We've yeah, we've got an election coming up in a year, mm-hmm. and unless he goes before then, because he's found something else, yeah. But that's that will be why. That to me is the only reason why he's still an MSP.
1: Yeah, he's holding on to it until he gets his like financial advisor position or his like some uh, like lobbying position or some no, but, big court.
0: Seriously though, who's going to employ him? Well, people
1: within these industries have jobs that don't require face time with the public that they can give to their friends from high places
0: but i well yeah i suppose that's true if he was the second most powerful politician in scotland i'm sure he'll have friends of friends who want to help him out yeah,
1: so there will be companies out there that will offer him a lot of money to do some lobbying, and it's all behind the scenes, so they won't have to worry about PR. But if he's... Uh,
0: uh, I don't know. I don't I mean, know there's a lot,
1: of, There's a lot of shady stuff going on as well. Like right now, we've got Boris being called out for taking a £15,000 holiday on behalf of... well, not on behalf of, but as a gift from the Carphone so, Warehouse boy. Which, which he then denied. He denied it, but it's just true. <laughs> no, no, but so now, the, now the question is: Well, who did he get it from? Yeah, exactly. He didn't pay for it himself. But there's a there the Labour are asking for it to be investigated, and it will be. And then nothing will happen because yeah. the current world that we live in is one where. If you break the rules a little bit, you'll get fired. But if you just brazenly break the rules and then blush a little and say, oh, I didn't know better, you're fine. So Boris will just like ruffle his hair. He'll get a little ketchup stain on his cheek and people will be like, oh, it's little Baba Boris. He didn't do anything (laughs)
0: deliberate. (laughs) Little Baba Boris. My question is, James, the Russian report, or rather the report on Russian interference in the election, that's still nowhere to be seen.
1: It's, It's getting asked about every PMQs mostly from smp folks if i remember correctly and boris is trying to run it that it's going to come out as soon as the relevant group is is reformed uh, and that everybody who's fear-mongering and everybody who's conspiracy theorying about it is going to be disappointed so boris is telling us that there is nothing of note in it but it's just weird because you, you can't say before the election Oh, we don't want to put it out now because it's 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 like pretty big and it can it might impact people's election decisions yeah. and then afterwards be like oh no it's nothing
0: <laughs> don't worry about it. As I say, I'll, I'll tease you with my book review because I now have an opinion on that very report. But I'll get to that. I'll get to that. Let's talk about the coronavirus, James. This is the news that in the Chinese province of Hubei on Wednesday. Two hundred and forty-two new deaths were recorded from the virus, which is now being called COVID nineteen. Turns out, coronavirus is just the name of a group. The name of of animal viruses. Yeah, Uh, Yeah. there was also a huge spike in the number of cases. Fourteen thousand, nearly fifteen thousand people diagnosed with it on Wednesday in this uh, one area. It started yeah. using a broader definition to diagnose people, and uh, the Chinese government have sacked two officials in the province after the new figures were released. James, right. this I thought was on the way out. COVID nineteen oh. is what has been called. The WHO uh, discussed it and described it as being a grave threat to humanity. But I certainly had the impression it was. Uh, Decreasing, but clearly not. Or it's
1: going to be like any other big viruses and it's going to keep spreading. And the more it lands in places that are underdeveloped or already oversaturated with uh, populations that are sickly and stuff, the worse it's going to be there. Um, it's, there's no there's no real fear for it in um, developed areas. And there's no real fear for it in the UK. They're, they're designating it as a threat so that they can put people in quarantine so it doesn't spread very much. Um, but there's also this chat that m- for most people who get it, it's going to be like any other cold. So it's not on the down in terms of infection rates. It's just not scary for people because it's just like the, all the other times you got one of these uh, diseases, the, the difficulty was n- not being able to trust China's numbers. So yeah. we know for a fact that like tens of thousands of people have gone unreported there. Uh, probably tens of thousands of deaths have gone unreported as well. Um, I saw some really interesting digging in some some internet nerds with their, all their abilities uh, predicted that there was this body burning of thirteen thousand people um, in some specific province because of the emissions that were found what? overnight in a in a big in a big fire yeah really the things you can do with technology but that's again it's just speculation so yeah like uh, there's speculation as to how bad it can be there's also speculation as to how uh, how fine it will be in terms of like western countries and developed and and developed areas in china well, and stuff. can i
0: just interject there and say that the uk now has its ninth coronavirus patient who got to the hospital in an uber oh that's that's good <laughs> Go on and go on an Uber. Don't
1: call the ambulance and stuff. Who's equipped to deal with yep. infectious spreading of viruses? Uh, that was bad advice. Don't don't do that. Actually, get in a just call the ambulance if you if you think you got a very bad cold. Go on the ambulance if you think you got if you think you've got animal flu. Ambulance. <laughs> Let just, me just, say
0: just go for at it. this point, the current ratio of infection to deaths is roughly the same as the common influenza. Yeah. And you're right in that how much or how accurate the Chinese figures are, this analyst here in the BBC says, because the province of Hubei have changed their definition of what is the coronavirus or COVID-19, that is what has led to this massive spike. But then it's a question of, okay... Have they been inaccurately <laughs> reporting the numbers all along? Or <laughs> are they defining it as before? <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. As opposed to the current sixty thousand cases and fifteen hundred deaths, is it actually much bigger than that? Who's yeah. to say? So we don't know. But it has now like, killed more people than SARS. All
1: these des- all these designations and like calling it a global threat, and in the UK calling it a, a a threat to public health. That's all just so that we can like legally quarantine people yeah. and all that stuff is so that we can preemptively take steps to control the spread it doesn't necessarily mean that everyone who gets it is definitely going to die it just means we want to be able to quarantine people when they get it
0: okay let's move on let's talk about the oscars which happened on sunday and lo and behold on seesaw parade we bucked the trend and actually predicted something right we did it but James we, did. we didn't really because we said we wanted it to happen well, no, that you it do. It would never happen. Well, okay, in that case, I guess we didn't. Then I guess we continued. Yeah, our so trend. what we usually
1: do is we say, "Here's when we want to win. It should win. It's the best." And then it loses. So this time we said, "Here's when we want to win." Yep. But they won't let it win. They'll give it to someone else, and it won't. We've learned the
0: trick. Okay, so this is the news that Bong Joon Ho's Parasite became the first foreign language film to win the Oscar for Best Picture. It picked up numerous awards uh, throughout the night. Uh, Bong Joon-ho, his speeches got increasingly uh, more entertaining. (laughs) Yeah, And the fact that they actually won Best Picture was the icing on the cake for me. Oh, yeah. Running up to it, 1917, the British one-take war film was the favourite, but as the ceremony drew closer, the chat became that actually it was less of a a surefire thing. Mm Mm-hmm. What's your your reaction first of all, James, to Parasite winning? Before we we delve into it a bit further. Two,
1: yeah, I got two reactions. The first one's just a basic me reaction. That's that's just happy. I'm really glad that it won. Like, I, and I haven't seen it, and I'm not trying to be like a soothsayer and whatnot. My, my review's coming up. Oh, good. Uh, but it just it it felt like a new film, and it's always great to see a film f- like that isn't just Hollywood studio this and that and really boring get some spotlight. So it winning when it clearly deserved it from all the critical and public decent chatter about it, I'm really pleased. Uh, The thing I'm not pleased about, but the thing that tickles me somewhat hilariously is all the people who are complaining that it shouldn't have won because it wasn't a Western thing. Like now, now, was there there people actually saying that? Yeah, there's like they don't mean it. I don't think they. I don't think they mean it in the way that they think they are. So there's a lot of people who have come out of the woodwork and have shown their inner racist by complaining that uh, a film that wasn't in English can win the award and stuff like that, or like a guy that couldn't do a speech in English was able to win an award and it's like, yeah, well there you go. Now I know who you are at your core. Well done. So a lot of people who were closeted and racist have let themselves out for the first time. Absolutely,
0: Just to go over the other winners, we were largely right in our predictions. Renee Zellweger did win Best Actress and Joaquin Phoenix also won Best Actor for Joker, which was expected. Laura Dern picked up Best Supporting for Marriage Story, which... That was a good call there, Colin. Yeah, indeed. She was very, very good. uh, So I'll give her that. Brad Pitt also won Best Supporting Actor, which, yep. Fully deserved I thought he was excellent was, was that his first His first Academy Award? I think so He's certainly been nominated In the past mm-hmm. But uh, in terms of his first it May well be his first win Absolutely mm-hmm. um, Best director was Bong Jun ho That was one of the other awards That picked up As well as Best Original Screenplay yeah. uh, taiko TT won For Best Adapted Screenplay For Jojo yeah. Rabbit And Toy Story 4 Picked up yeah, Best just, Animated Feature Which yeah. That's just less surprising uh, Another
1: relatively interesting, but more just I'm really glad it wasn't Marvel news. Is that 1917 did win Best VFX? I believe it did. Yes, it did. It did technically do things that were harder than like a big VFX mashup, like um, in what what was it called? Endgame. Um, so it's just nice to see that category being won, not for like big explosions and CGI people, but just for technical stuff like hiding tire tracks and and adding things to a scene and subtle things like they did for 1917
0: yeah so 1917 despite being up for best director for sir sam Mendes and best uh, picture as well actually only won in the technical categories which are still very good but obviously you'd be disappointed if you were mr Mendes.
1: oh yeah they'll be disappointed but it's good to see Something like the VFX and those technical stuff going to a film that used them more subtly.
0: Yeah, and uh, instead of Endgame. Ford versus Ferrari picked up a couple of gongs as well for its editing, both sound and film editing, which was oh, yeah, editing. the film editing I absolutely get. It was very well done. Then you've got the other outstanding ones I would want to briefly mention is the fact that the Irishman, despite having the most nominations of 10, mm-hmm. won nothing. Yeah.
1: Thoughts on that? Quite the shark. Uh, retribution they just want to put Netflix in their place
0: right here's, so here's the interesting thing because obviously Roma was the big winner last year Yeah. do you believe that's had an impact here I don't think so I, re- I reckon this is just a case
1: where sometimes this is going to happen your film is one of the best in a lot of ways, but isn't quite the best in any specific one. Right. And I don't think it was. I don't think it really was seen as the best of any of these categories. It was just among the best
0: for all of them. If it had been given best picture, I'm. I think people would have been okay with yeah, it. Yeah, that's the closest. Because it was, and as I said, as I said it myself, it was an excellent.
1: It's a fantastic piece of art. Yeah, I, I think that's the one. It was definitely closest to. So.
0: I'm okay that it didn't win that one. And the other one was uh, the fact that Scarlett Johansson, despite being nominated in two acting categories, also won none. Oh. Yeah, that's okay, though. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, let's move on and talk about, as I say, the Parasite film itself. I saw that last week. I'll give you my thoughts, first of all, before I ask you, James, what you've been watching. Ooh. Ooh. So Parasite is is wonderful. It is a dark comedy and it's about the gulf in society and particularly the classes in society. Yeah. You've got the uh, one family who are living at the bottom of an apartment in the basement, essentially, whose oldest son of that family starts working for the, f- for the rich family who live at the top of the hill. And the way that the first family, the lower class, uh, starts infiltrating their way up to the rich elite, yeah, and uh, yeah. So that's that's as far as I'll go because the film is is one thing, and then it morphs into something totally unexpected. That's what I have heard. So that's all I'm going to say because otherwise, and Bong Joon Ho himself has said that he said only talk about what's in the trailer, mm-hmm. and uh, and that's what it is. It's it is phenomenal, and the thing is, if you can. I know people will go in and say, yes, but it's subtitles. And I don't want to be reading subtitles. Nonsense. The characters, the way the lines are delivered, the way it's shot, the fact that it is very funny as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it is all these things brought together. Mm-hmm. It is tense. Uh, it is funny. It's very funny. Yeah. It's also very dark. And it is a worthy winner. And all I could say is go and see it. Go and Excellent. watch it.
1: That sounds amazing. There's a subtitles trick I'm gonna try and share here. Okay. Because uh, it's more relevant now. Uh, the, the difficulty people have with subtitles is subvocalization when you're reading a thing and you read it in your head like, it's, like you're reading it out loud. So uh-huh. you s- subvocalize all the syllables. Yep. Uh, a way to get around that potentially for some people is to try really hard to listen to the dialogue anyway while looking at the subtitles and your brain should just be able to read it really fast yeah so you can like you can take in the the whole line of subtitles in like half a second, yep if you if you're focusing really hard on other stuff within the film rather than trying to go and slowly read the lines,
0: well, see, I think that's what I do naturally,
1: yeah. some people do naturally. and other people they have this struggle to keep up with the subtitles, which is an indication that you're probably reading it quietly in your quietly in your head, right rather than just like, Uh, doing the double focus Mm -hmm. thing
0: there's there's only so much i can say about parasite without going into spoilers so i will leave it there go and watch it i would love to hear what you think right james hit me with something Oh, I got two. They're both TV shows this Bro. week. What do you want to hear about? I want to hear about BoJack because I've seen that the final part of BoJack is on Netflix, but I'm yet to get to it.
1: Ah, well, I'll do a brief on them. We can do more in-depth review when you get round to it. Yeah. Uh, so I I waited with the first half of the final season until they were both out. Ah. Um. So I've blasted through the whole thing, and I was I was left very very satisfied. Oh, good. Uh, yeah, they do a real good job of bringing. Um, most of the characters to a to an ending that leaves you happy with knowledge as to where they're going. I'm trying not to say happy for the characters because some of them you're not going to be happy for and other ones you are going to be happy for. Yeah. Um. I think they did a good job handling the show in a way that brings it to a conclusion while giving people uh, or characters the fallout they deserve from the mistakes they've made but also the redemption in some areas... And also just the reward that they deserve from being such good characters all along. All like You get different versions of that for different, for each character and it's it right. is really, really good. The way
0: that they've resolved
1: it, excellent. We, we can go in a bit more depth probably when you've seen it.
0: Sounds good. Okay, before I get to your second TV show, let me tell you about the second film I've uh, seen this week. And it was the similarly nominated in the Oscars A Beautiful Day in the Neighbourhood, mm-hmm. which Tom Hanks... Uh, was nominated for as best supporting actor i'll start by saying i can entirely see why he was nominated Mm -hmm. it would have been a surprise had he won because there were better performances but he is very very good the only thing about this film that really is a difficult start for me is it's based on an american tv show or rather an american tv character called mr rogers Yeah. And apparently he has a very familiar theme song, which was, It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, a beautiful day for a neighbor. Yeah. Won't you be mine? Yeah. That kind of theme song, which I had never heard before I watched the film. No, yeah. We are not quite so
1: familiar with the subculture.
0: So it it meant that I was essentially just watching a fictional film as opposed to here is a real guy and a real journalist and something that really happened. Right. So. The the other, the, the journalist, the reason why Tom Hanks is best supporting actor is because the film is anchored by Matthew Reese, who recently won uh, an Emmy for his role in The Americans, despite the fact that he is Welsh. Mm-hmm. So Matthew Reese is the journalist who is writing a story about Mr. Rogers, who's Tom Hanks, and uh, actually the journalist who, it seems, has written some very nasty pieces about other people, The fear is he's going to write a very nasty piece about Mr. Rogers. But Mr. Rogers is such a good soul that he gets to the heart of of, uh, what the journalist is really bothered by in life, which is his relationship with his dying father. Hmm. So, now, now, whilst that sounds trite and a bit naff, it is done in the most surprising of ways. And it's very difficult to describe. But, for example... The film is, is done in, you know, a sixteen by nine ratio. Yeah. But any time a character is taking a journey or going in a cab or flying somewhere, right? It goes back to a box ratio. Right. Because that was the way that the TV show was was shot. Yeah, and yeah, it uses yeah. these little polystyrene planes or polystyrene cars <laughs> and and like drives them around on all this right, all right. in this little square. And then it comes back to the real film. Right. Okay. And there that sounds no- charming. It is, and that's the thing. It was. It was initially I was tr- trying to figure out what was going on, and then I realized, right, these are essentially just cut scenes. and they're just using, essentially, the aesthetic of the actual TV show.
1: Yeah. So yeah. So instead of the generic like overhead shots of different cities exactly. traveling around, they they made it something interesting.
0: And then there are a couple of scenes which, to avoid spoilers, again, it, it's taking the story. And inserting it into, as if it were, an episode of the TV show itself. Right. It is very... There's a couple of scenes in particular which I thought, am I hallucinating? <laughs> or or is the character meant to be dreaming? Or is this actually happening? No, yeah, yeah, and yeah. That sounds pretty is, cool. It's left totally ambiguous. And then, of course, it cuts back to the actual story. Yeah. So, in, in terms of a way it told the story you know 10 out of 10 it was unlike any other storytelling mechanism i've seen and the performances are great matthew reese is excellent tom hanks is great always is yeah and yeah, yeah it's yeah. it's it's an it's an easy way to spend an hour and a half so if you do get a chance to watch it yeah stick it on it's it's good background it'd be a good background movie right okay james hit me with your second tv show
1: the second tv show that I've watched recently, because I'm not talking about several others that I finished over the Christmas break yet, uh, is It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, season 13. Oh, okay. Now, uh, for most of the season, I thought, hey, I don't even need to talk about this on the podcast. It's just very normal. It's exactly what you'd expect. It's the 13th season of something. I've not talked about it for seasons after seasons because they've all just been what you want. And then the final episode came, and... It just felt like a generic, slightly bad episode of the show. Okay, it's it's about uh, one character trying to find their gay pride, just to put it like short there. Okay, um, but is it me? No, and because it's, it's because it is, it's always sunny, and their whole show is about showing the worst of people in a like a exaggerated way. So yeah and especially Americans in an exaggerated way. I thought this was going to be another episode where they're highlighting how much people do not understand uh, what it is to be gay, uh, how hard it is for for someone who is gay to live in certain societies, uh, but all in these ways that just paint people as assholes and whatnot and whatnot. And then in the final five minutes, uh, the show went high art. Properly emotionally deep. Really? Like incredibly so. I could feel it. Like I had to chat to people about it afterwards, immediately. Oh I had to go and say, hey, like I am emotionally amped up right now because of the show did a thing. And it was mind-blowing to me. and The the contrast for all these different seasons of this show taking things so lightly and just poking fun in ways that sometimes went over people's heads and everyone thought was a bit... So
0: does it it then just go really serious? I
1: don't even want to call it
0: serious. It goes artsy. It goes high art. (laughs) It goes
1: beautiful. Out of nowhere, it just hits you. Like with this huge, big moment. And uh, Danny DeVito is there for that moment as his character, Frank. And his acting for like, he gets 20 seconds Uh where he just has an emotional response to what's going on and it is brilliant acting. Oh my. He's like tearing up and it made me tear up just seeing him convincingly tearing up as this dumb character in his dumb show from this dumb show doing one of the best moments of TV I've seen. Like, and I'm not even, I'm not even like exaggerating there. I, I, I was, uh caught by this moment far more than anything else i've seen recently that sounds fantastic so i'm not saying everybody go out there and watch 13 episodes of it's always sunny 13 seasons 13 seasons of it's always sunny just so you can catch this five minutes at the end of um season 13 which isn't the last season they've got another one since then okay um but you know if you've ever wanted to just you know watch an episode to get get used to the characters uh, go online, see what episodes people re- recommend the most, watch those ones, and then skip right to this. <laughs> like, I couldn't believe it. Like I'm still kind of shocked about how, how good it was. It was really well done, especially for like a show that is often um, being hit back at for the way it's handled certain things. Right. Okay, it's a show I've never watched, but I will consider it now. For me, originally, it was background TV. I just put it on when I just yep. needed something just to keep noisy and it was entertaining. And then it kind of became... Distracting background TV. And then eventually it became background TV again. And then this Mm -hmm. one episode, right at the end, it became
0: amazing TV. Okay, one final review before we wrap up with a couple of further news items. Here's a book I read. First one I've read in genuinely years. It's called From Russia With Blood. And my goodness, Ah. it details the, I'd say 20 plus Russian state-sponsored assassinations that have taken place in the UK Mm -hmm. since 2006, starting with the likes of Litvinenko and going through to Boris Berezovsky, and most recently, the scripples down in Salisbury. And what strikes you is the sheer incompetence and the just bad people who are at the UK government, but the worst people who are with the Russians. Mm -hmm. who, say, for example, this... And If you read it, honestly, look it up on Amazon. It's only maybe seven or eight quid. I would highly recommend you buy this book and read it because, my goodness, it is an Mm eye-opener. The fact that Alexander Litvinenko was poisoned with polonium-210 in a cup of tea and the UK government decided not to have an inquiry into it. Yeah. What? It's it's honestly... Mental. The amount that was of willful ignorance. The amount of people who are in Litvinenko's circle, as the book details. It's all done, by the way, by journalists from BuzzFeed News. It's uh, it's a phenomenal uh, yeah, piece of work. Yeah, BuzzFeed has done some real good news recently amongst all their fluff. Yeah, exactly. The amount of people in Litvinenko's wider circle, including you know fixers, lawyers other people involved in helping run their kind of Russian money out of the country and through to the UK who were whacked, who were given or essentially administered with toxins that affected their mental health to the extent that accidents were made or rather deaths were made to look like accidents Mm -hmm. when actually one of the judges sums it up at the end saying, okay, this court case would be great if 11 of the witnesses weren't dead Mm-hmm. 11 yeah, And the UK government's just like it's, it's fine, there's there's nothing wrong here They're all suicides No they're
1: not Yeah, it just so happens that they are all suicides What are the <laughs> chances? Oh my goodness Let's move on to the next case There are
0: two, there are two in particular which stand out Because you'll remember them yeah, One yeah, yeah. was a man who fell from the fourth floor of a London apartment And was impaled on the spikes below Yes That was a Russian assassination mm-hmm. Which the police said was a suicide Yep. The window in which this man was alleged to have jumped through was apparently two foot, there was a two foot gap. And in the court proceedings, when they finally uh-huh. had an inquiry, the police officer said, oh, he must have taken a running jump and cleared the windowsill entirely. He dived it, yeah. Dived so far that he was a meter away from from the building and impaled himself in the spikes and then the coroner said okay but he also has a blow to the head uh he's missing the tops of his fingertips and all these other things but he's he definitely killed himself the police didn't even wipe the apartment for prints no they just looked at it and said oh he, but he, they don't do he that. jumped out the window he, he killed himself it is of course they don't do that an astonishing book because yeah okay we we know these things happen there was one we talked about was it last week the Russians killed a Chechen man in, French, in a French hotel. Yeah, blogger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is... Oh, man. And then, of course, there's the other... To... Sorry, sorry, one more. Mm-hmm. There was the other one who was an MF5 spy who was found locked in a suitcase. With oh, yeah, the we key all know that one, yeah. He, he apparently locked himself in a suitcase. With the key underneath <laughs> the body inside the suitcase and the padlock on the outside... <laughs> and with the heating and this this is the thing right so so the book goes into more detail all the radiators were on full blast so the body was so decomposed that it was impossible to tell how he died and here's the other thing laptops phones sim cards were all laid out on a table in his kitchen (laughs) Uh the whole flat had been wiped clean off of prints and his phone had been reset to factory settings yeah
1: no he he did that after he killed himself obviously guess what they said it was
0: a sex game gone wrong
1: yeah or not even a suicide yeah they just said it was an accident yeah
0: he was was an mi5 hacker who was doing such high-level covert stuff he was working with a cia and everything, like, he wasn't even able to talk to, or there was no information about what he did at all. It all had to be redacted. Yeah. And it was a Russian assassination. It's, ins- and it's insane. And then they tried to paint it like he was just some low-level, like, pencil pusher. Well. The fact that the, the judge came out during the inquiry into his death and said the fact that this misinformation was given to the media, that he was spending £15,000 on women's clothes, like yeah, he liked yeah, 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 yeah. drag, like all these things. He, she said that was a total lie. He's a deviant. He's a he's clearly just a oh. deviant. And deviants have this happen to them all the time. It is It is a terrifying insight yeah, yeah. into the people who run this world and the fact that the UK government decided to look the other way Because BP were signing up to a great oil deal with Rosneft in Russia. Yeah, that's what we do all the time. We just look the other
1: way. Like, what happened with the last one? Like, Boris did nothing.
0: No one did anything. No one's still doing anything. The only reason, by the way, that Litvinenko was ever given an inquiry was because after Russia invaded Georgia, which the book covers, Mm -hmm. after Russia invaded Georgia, and the world reacted to that and said, oh, no, you don't, Britain, a few days after that, said, you know what? Actually, yeah, let's, let's, let's investigate
1: Levinenko. Yeah, now we'll, now we'll have the inquiry. But there's a couple of questions this kind of thing makes you ask. You've got to ask one, like if this is the ones we catch enough for like, journalists to dig into it, Exactly. how many are going on that are actually done well, like a professional hit job? It's, it's insane. And the second question is, how much do we do this ourselves? Like The UK government... And UK spy agencies must be like offing people all the time within our borders and across the world. I'm sure we do, and maybe maybe in a more uh, a more professional way than the Russian guys sometimes do. But how many do you think we are doing? Like there surely is countless, uh, like in history of. Uh, the, the UK killing its own people just to hush something up, or the UK going and killing foreigners yep. just to hush stuff up. Uh, and inquiry, I reckon part of it is just like this promise, this mutual promise between the world powers that if you don't do inquiries in us, we won't do inquiries in you, and we'll all get richer and richer and it'll be fine.
0: Yeah, okay, it's time to move on. We've talked about that, for. I've talked about that for too long. Uh, very yeah. briefly. But no, no, that, that kind of book, read it. Yes, definitely. From Russia with blood. Okay, moving on. Adam Sandler, of course, was snubbed from the Oscars, however, he did win Best Male at the Independent Spirit Awards, which he compares yeah. uh, to the high school Best Personality Awards. Best Personality Awards, which, to be fair, is the more important. Yeah, we? if you if you do have time, go and check out his speech. It is
1: very entertaining. Moving oh, on, it's, his speech is the kind of thing that reminds you that he's actually a smart and
0: funny person, and f- yeah, and funny as well. Yeah. Okay, Aladdin is getting a sequel! Hooray! This is the Will Smith. Uh, reboot, or the live-action reboot that was done over the summer. It's actually made an enormous amount of money, an inordinate of amount has. of money, yep. and so the two writers for that film have come back. It looks like the main cast will also return. Yay. I didn't actually see this film, but... No. Nope. It was I think it was just fine, like middle of the road fine. Uh, yeah. So fair enough. I don't plan to see it, but th- these films are making money, so they're going to keep getting made. And we've got one trailer this week. It is Wes Anderson's brand new film. This is the guy who most recently did The Grand Budapest Hotel and Isle of Dogs, both of which are excellent. Excellent. Um, Grand Budapest won a number of Oscars. This is called The French Dispatch. It's about a, f- uh, a news an American newspaper in a fictional post-war French town, and it has a ridiculous amount of star-studded names in the cast. Here's the trailer. Most of whom are like Wes specials. It began as a holiday. Eager to escape a bright future on the Great Plains, Arthur Howitzer Jr. transformed the series of travelogue columns into the French Dispatch, a factual weekly report on the subjects of world politics... <laughs> The arts, high and low, and diverse stories of human interest. You don't think it's almost too seedy this time? No, I don't. For decent people. It's supposed to be charming. He assembled a team of the best expatriate journalists of his time. Baronson, Sazarek, Cremens, roebuck Wright. These were his people. Just try to make it sound like you wrote it that way on purpose uh, to, to pick up on that point yes most of them are wes <laughs> specials the likes of bill murray tilda swinton francis mcdormand and chalamet the, the guy adrian brody who's in everything timothy chalamet who's in this as well and, Matthew again, and owen wilson whose name i always forget Owen Wilson's always in a Wes Anderson stuff. This, yeah, to me, yeah, yeah. just before I ask you, just looks like, and this is not a criticism, just looks like another Wes Anderson it film. It does. No, like every time he comes out with a film,
1: it looks like a parody of a Wes Anderson
0: film. <laughs> <laughs> Until you see it and you're like, oh yeah, no, this is just a real good film. But I'm I'm, I'm fine with that because Wes Anderson films are well-made, they're entertaining, they tell great stories, great cast, yeah. and he just has a very, very distinctive style. He's got a style but they're not all
1: samey, is the it's, thing. So styles are good, but having things that just feel the same all the time and don't do anything new, bad. Whereas he does is he's got lots of different things in a similar style, so it feels good, but explores new territory.
0: It's in Well, it's in the same way that a Quentin Tarantino film, they all yeah, feel like yeah, Quentin yeah. Tarantino films. And For Christopher
1: sure, yeah. Nolan films all feel like Christopher
0: Nolan films. Exactly. But so in it's, a different
1: way to how all Marvel films feel the same,
0: because they are all the same. <laughs> exactly. Okay, uh, to wrap up a couple of final pieces of news the first one is uh, another reminder of all of us destroying the planet the temperature in the antarctic has risen above 20 degrees celsius for the first time oh, on record scientists say That's taps off. the uh, taps half weather the 20.75 celsius logs at seymour island was incredible and abnormal. This is the first time ever <laughs> abnormal for now. This is the first time ever, uh, and it's the warmest since January nineteen eighty two, which was nineteen point eight. James, thoughts on this? I mean, this is this is what we're going to be expecting. It's just
1: sad. The more the more common these news headlines become the less people will care and the more common they're going to become because less people will care. But we're going to keep breaking temperature records and we're going to keep breaking CO2 um, amount records. And it's it's just going to become less and less of a headline because it's so normal, but
0: it, it's worse. It's actually worse than ever before, so we need to care more. <laughs> Did you see as well that the a new record was set in... The fastest time a plane has gone from New York to London.
1: Yay! I'm sure that helped the economy loads.
0: <laughs> because <laughs> the the plane was sitting in the slipstream of El Nino and the storm, and reached something like 860 <laughs> miles an hour, and did New York to yeah. London in four that's hours forty five.
1: <laughs> to be fair, that's probably f- less emissions. So well done. We should do that more <laughs> often. <laughs> if you can be running your engines and going and go- at the same amount but going faster, I'm for it. We should have okay. more storms. Make the planes happen less.
0: And lastly, because we like to keep until the very end, Donald <laughs> Trump has defended firing senior officials who testified against him at his impeachment. Kelseyprise, yeah, uh, he's described Al- uh, Alexander Vinman, who is a Ukrainian expert, who um. He said, now Trump said, he incorrectly reported the contents of the phone call at the centre of his impeachment. He fired Alexander Vidman and also fired the US envoy, Gordon Sondland, who testified against him at the trial. James? Also, I believe fired Vindman's twin
1: brother. Oh, he did, did he? Just because, just because they're brothers or something. I can, we can, we can double check that and slice that from the segment if it's a lie. But no,
0: no, you're right. His uh, his uh, twin brother, a senior lawyer for the National Security Council, yeah. was also sent back to the Department of the Army. Yeah, he got on Friday. He, yeah, he got swiftly returned
1: um, from whence he came, uh, and it's just Trump. Um, bashing people for being witnesses in a trial, which it turns out is yet another thing that Trump has done that is highly illegal. Yeah, but this... You can't, we're, you can't do this. You can't fire people for being witnesses. And yet Trump's going to
0: do it and Trump's going to get away with it. Exactly. There's nothing you can do. Like, Trump's going to do that. He is the president of the most powerful country in the world. What are you going to do about it? Well, no, it's not because
1: he's the president of the most... It's not because of well, he's is. the president. It's because the Senate are cowards and don't have a backbone. If the Senate had a backbone, or if the Senate cared about the law, and if the Senate were good people, this would be enough yet again for Trump to be gone. So it doesn't matter that Trump's president, it's the Senate that are the big light down here.
0: I believe one of the defences, though, will be that Trump's the president, he can do what he likes. That's,
1: what, that's kind of what they say. That's what the Senate's gone for this time. Um, some of them are saying... Uh, hey, it's fine because it's Trump and he does what he wants. Uh, it's a president, he does what he wants. All, all, all hail Supreme Leader Trump. Rah, rah, rah. Um, <laughs> Suzanne Collins, her chat was, was that Trump's learned his lesson from his mistakes, so we shouldn't impeach him, stuff like that. Oh, goodness um, And Which he didn't, and which he then went on to say he didn't, and now she looks a bit dumb, which she already was. Um, but the only hope is that no matter what happens in the presidential race, enough of these senators that are just disgusting people do get voted out by the voters who now have uh, huge amounts of evidence that point
0: out that they're disgusting people. But but, but people are terrible as well, James. They're just going to vote for the same. Oh yeah, people. we can't trust.
1: Yeah, we can't trust the voters because the voters will be told, "Hey, we'll lower your tax," and then they'll We're go. Oh, We're I want that. I want the lower tax. I'll vote for that, <sighs> even if they don't do it. I'll will vote for it, even if they didn't do it last time and they actually raised the tax. I'll
0: I'll do it. Okay, James, we are out of time. We are approaching the hour mark again. Ooh, How do people get in bumper. touch if they would like to do so, as we very much would like them to do? If you want to send us an hour-long
1: email, uh, please do so. Seesawparade at gmail.com. I will read it's it. Colin will read it. We might not read, it, read, it, read all it live.
0: Um, it's about 10,000 words of an email. Yeah, but
1: do your best. Uh, if you want to send us not an hour-long tweet, uh, tweet us on Twitter at Parade. It's great. And if it's you want to that. Snapchat call in your hour-long anything. Uh, Seesaw Parade once again
0: great thank you James it's been a pleasure as always I will see you next Wednesday for a live Seesaw Parade in your flat oh, yeah
1: yeah let's do it let's
0: sorry if I was reminding you flat. very abruptly in public forums there I know,
1: now we've now we've committed and we never break promises
0: <laughs> well Boot here we've been on a run here come on give me some praise for that praise okay alright cheers James see ya alright bye and goodbye
1: listeners and Goodbye, BoJack.